What does it mean, Messiah Matters? It means apart from him, we can do nothing. It means he is the way, the truth, and the life. Yeshua is the only way of salvation. He is everything. We have to have the Tanakh to know the Messiah. But we have to have the Messiah to know the Tanakh. Without Messiah, we have nothing. Basically, it's all about the Messiah. It's Wednesday, June 27th, 2018. This is Messiah Matters number 224. Surprised and humbled at 2,000 subscribers. My name is Caleb Hegg, and with me, a man that, be cons- that could be considered the perfect house guest, Rob Van Hoff. What up, Rob? How's it going, brother? Hey, Caleb. You really think so? Uh, you guys, I should have to say this, you guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. Or I was just like, I, I felt like you guys, it was just a safe place to just relax and unwind. Good. No, no pressure. It was just like... Kids climbing all over Mikasa, you. Sukasa, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> it was awesome. We have your, your kids are hilarious. Your kids that are is smart. True. They're that smart. Is true, they're yes. hilarious. And uh, yeah, we we had uh, we had <laughs> Rob uh, come over and stay at our house. Uh, you know, I for, hang on just a sec. I did a disservice to our producers. Hang on just a sec. I apologize. I apologize, producers. Um, I wonder if I can do this while we're live. Let's try it and find not, out. You know, also, I'm not hearing audio from uh, your clips, so but that's okay. Um, you're not hearing audio from my clips, eh? Hmm, problems. So, well, no worries. If we don't, are we listening to the audio today? Um, actually, yeah, we are. Hang on, just a sec. Why aren't you hearing audio? Well, the problem is, is that if I um. If I switch over to you, I'm going to lose you in my uh, in my video. So, uh, what can you do? Okay, let's try this again. There, there's my associate producer. There are my executive producers. All right. Okay. Thanks you're, for your you're, support, hey, everybody. You're, you're buzzing. You're buzzing. We got audio problems. Okay. So while Rob's fixing his buzzing, um, and I'm on a loop now too. Um, while Rob's fixing his uh, audio problems, how's that? Uh, Check better. Thank you. What we're uh, basically what we were talking about is Rob and his son Andrew came over. They stayed with uh, my family here in Tacoma, Washington, um, for what four four nights, three nights, three or four nights. Yeah. Uh, and this was all because uh, another employee at Torah Resource, uh, which is Michael Gonzalez, his daughter was getting married to Andre Philippe, and Andre has been on our show before. Um, as uh, kind of to help promote uh, Tor Resource Institute. Oh, I apologize. I apologize. Uh, that's caller number one. <laughs> Dude, that would be awesome. And we've started a call-in show. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. See, there's so many different things that I have to do to prepare for this show. Anyway, so Rob came over for this beautiful wedding, which took place on Sunday. It was a gorgeous day out. 
Uh, beautiful wedding. How many people you think were there? What, 200 people? Yeah, two, 200 plus. 200 plus. Um, and it was, I mean, it was just a, a really great, great time. We had a, we had a really fun time. And the, the nice thing is, is that, um, you know, my children are basically with either my wife or I or both all the time. 24 7, 365. Um, we, I wouldn't necessarily consider us helicopter parents, but we're pretty close. And so our children are with us. We don't really have, you know, babysitters. We, you know, we don't, we don't hire babysitters often or anything like that. And uh, so um, we actually dropped the kids off at grandma's house, which was right down the road. Uh, my wife's parents lived about uh, five minutes from that venue. And so that was really nice. Okay, hang on just a sec. Let's see if I have... Um, I'm going to try to get you audio real quick here. What I wonder if what's going to you to Skype. And I have that. Hmm. Yes, I do not know. Well, should I, should I stop your video for a few seconds and try to figure sure. it out? Okay, here's what we're going to do. Um, let's talk about, let's, hang on. I'll, here's, I know exactly what I'm going to do now. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, uh, is I'm going to give you a topic. You're going to talk about that topic. And while you talk about that topic, I'm going to put up the Messiah Matters um, uh, banner. And I'm going to try to fix the audio so that you can hear stuff. So let's see here. Um, okay, well, actually, let's just get into this real quick because, well, you're going to have to hear this. Okay, Deanne writes, here we go. Deanne writes, enjoy the podcast. The idea of the Romans passage is about that time is something I had understood as well. That sentence, I, I still haven't been able to figure out exactly what she means. And I apologize for that. Um, so, uh, but I, I, I think what she's getting at is we talked last week about Romans 13 and the idea that the government is not talking about the government. No, rather it's talking about synagogue officials or perhaps even better stated community officials. And this is kind of what we, uh, what we chatted about. Now, before we get into this, let's uh, give people some contact information so they can contact us. Comment line is 253-465-3205. Um, and 253-465-3205. And you can uh, email us to uh, resource.com resource.com I should also say that in our um, show notes, which you can find at torresource.com, then hover over TR Radio, go down to Messiah Matters. You can sign up on the Messiah Matters page for our show notes. That's something you should do because uh, it's uh, we, we send out information and we send out questions. This week we linked to a conversation on Facebook, and the conversation on Facebook is talking about our main topic today. And it's been a really good conversation. And uh, so it's you know these kind of things are actually kind of what help fuel our our uh, show. Anyway, so uh, this is off topic, but uh, uh, from the main topic today. But she's talking about Romans thirteen. She says yet. We also can take that and apply it today to our own communities and leaderships, which to me is not just the local synagogue or church, but our nation's leaders. I disagree with that. Well, wait, but, what, what is, I'm not catching her point that you disagree with. What specifically? So she, I, I think what she's saying, and I could be wrong about this, but I think what she's saying is that uh, Romans 13, 1 through 7 applies to the, the, uh, the U.S. government or wherever you might live, whatever government you live under. Um, now, later on in this comment, she does say, I think that we should, uh, you know, I think we should respect and honor the laws of the land unless they go contrary to Torah. 
And for the most part, I would probably agree with that. Um, you know, I mean, once again, we don't get into politics on this show, and I think for good reasons. Um, uh, but there's a perfect example, and, and uh, I'll try to be as, as uh, you know, th- there's gray lines in this, in this uh, theory, though. And, and for instance, I'll give you a good one. My father just received the new curriculum that will be rolled out for second graders, that's seven years old, on uh, sexual education in the public schools here in University Place, which is the uh, which is the city that our congregation Beit Hillel meets in. And uh, within this, it is um, stuff that I think would make um, a, a a married couple that has been married for thirty years blush. Um, it's talking about how things feel and how things work, and I mean, it's very it's very explicit. There's uh, um, there's props and all sorts of things that are supposed to be shown to uh, seven-year-olds. And uh, along with that comes LGBT and all sorts of other uh, horrible, horrible things. I mean, it's, it's perverted. It's disgusting. Now, with that said, uh, when we talk about government, uh, the government uh, of Washington State steals my money each year uh, through taxes to fund their schools, which now go to this kind of education. So uh, I don't have a choice whether or not my tax dollars go to help educate seven-year-olds on sexually explicit material. That, in my mind, is a problem, and I have nothing. I, I, I can't do or say anything about it. The only thing I can do is try to vote. I live in, you know, I live in Washington State, probably one of the more uh, liberal uh, places in the, in all of the United States. So, I mean, the, the chances of me getting conservative, uh, leadership here is, is almost none. So how do you respect it? And, and, uh, you know, the same could be said about abortion, you know, our money, our tax dollars goes to killing children. Um, so I, I don't, you know, how do we reconcile these things? I don't know. Okay, let's keep going with the comment and then I'm going to, I'm going to switch over to a, uh, to a banner so that I can try to fix your audio. Um, this subject has gotten a lot of back and forth at the place I fellowship, with some even suggesting that the church, this is in quote marks, the church, as in building, the building is a separate entity than church represented by the people in them. The idea that the common people were not part of the priesthood and had to pay the temple tax as well as follow the leadership of the day. Would you comment on that and some point if at some point if possible is there a separation between church building and authority and the assembly of people that make up the body of messiah i'm of the opinion that we are to follow the laws of the land unless or until they try and make me go against my faith in yeshua and the following of his righteous instructions um i think i don't think i can really comment to uh to government, because I think that the government is is quite corrupt on any. I've I've just stated two things that I think they're forcing me to do things that I don't find to be biblically sound. When it comes to church and the assembly, I'm going to let you take this. My personal opinion is is that the building means nothing. You can meet in a basement. Okay, well, uh, go ahead and do the transition, and I'll, I'll go share. for it. Go for it. Uh, if I'm understanding the the message, I'm. What I'm hearing is that the building and those who fund the building, right? And then, you, well, the local codes being the building has to have this kind of access and this kind of 
um, et cetera, this much capacity in terms of how many people, and it's going to have, you have to have this much insurance, and you have, you know, all that kind of stuff that goes into it. And then maybe there's a lease involved. So all these things are obligations that, that need an entity to an accountable entity from the perspective of the insurance company, from the perspective of the landlord and from the perspective of the government. Um, and so it's true that that entity is not any one person probably. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you could have, uh, people, you know, one year you could have the leadership of a building. Okay, hang on, hang on just a sec. Wait, wait, wait. You're starting to, you're starting to buzz here. Yeah. How's that? Better. Adam, Adam Smith says vote harder next time. <laughs> exactly. Keep going. Anyway. Anyway. So the idea is, yeah, there, it, you could have a complete changeover of personnel at a church. Right. But from the government uh, perspective and from the insurance company perspective, they might, it, it's the same entity. Right. Right. But you could have a new pastor, new staff, completely new group of people under the same name and the entity's the same. So yeah, they're, they're two separate things in that regard. One, one comment back into the, if we look back in the ancient world, the rise of these discipleship communities of Yeshua that we call the rise of Christianity. in in many times there were wealthy donors. There were wealthy patrons that owned a home and they um then people would come who didn't own homes right uh, would come and gather there and they were like little home bases or they would um maybe commission a, a copying of the bible or something like that um, because you'd have very not a lot of wealthy people but you'd have some wealthy people that would come to faith and then they um by what god had uh, blessed them with and also gave them wisdom to to manage would be to help help this grow. Um, and so uh, I think a lot of that is still true today. That um, well, it's like for resource, like, right? I mean, we we are uh, operating off the the generous support of people who right. w- uh, want to encourage us and want to help us uh, thrive. And so, um, and the reason I zero in on that is because that's where uh, the, the people who, who are able to give and, prom- and, and promote usually have, have to have their uh, own dealing with the government. If, if they're in America, I don't know, there may, maybe there's a place where people... Um, have a lot of money and they they don't owe anybody taxes, but I don't. I think that's probably not true. Okay, hang um, on just a sec. I, you know, I, I, this is a good time to stop and uh, and explain this. Um, would you please uh, change your or fix your audio again because it sounds like your the, the the chat room says sounds like Rob is eating Rice Krispies, which is true. That? Better. Yeah. Okay, um, so this is a perfect time. Thank you for. I I agree with you. I agree with you. So there is this disconnect kind of between you know, church and, and state, at least in America. Um, but this is a perfect time to tell you what's going on with Rob's audio. We think that Rob has a bad board. And um, that's unfortunate because he's using a currently using a USB board. And we've done a lot of different tests this past week. And right now, basically, our fix is <laughs> until we have the money to buy him a new board, we basically have to, every time he starts to crackle, we have to switch to a different input 
and then switch back to his mic input. I think it clicks every time I shift it to. Yeah, see, so th- that's that's the sound. Um, anyway, so he uh, this this is the this is the this is the issues that we're having with uh, Rob's audio right now. And but with all of that said, we need to thank some people. First of all, um, we have for those who might have seen it, this show is brought to you by also by our executive producers, our executive producers uh, who came in again this uh, pay period uh, this quarter, uh, Bob and Larue Miller. We thank you very much for supporting Tour Resource. They are uh, our summer's current executive producers. If you'd like to be an executive producer and or an associate producer, like our associate producer, Gary Elkins, then you can uh, do so by going to TorahResource.com, hover over TR Radio, go down to Messiah Matters, and there's this thing that pops out before you click it that says uh, Credited Producers. If you click on that, all the information is there, and uh, learn how you can become accredited uh, uh, uh well, yeah, accredited producer of uh, Messiah Matters. And we certainly do thank you very much, everyone who supports uh, Messiah Matters. And then also, the people who really keep all of this going is not only our associate and our executive producers, but also our supporters. And our supporters are those who have decided to partner with us with a monthly donation. And you can do that as little as $5 a month. That's right, for as little as the price of a box of Q-tips. Less than the box uh, price of a box of a Q-tip, you can uh, go ahead and, and um, help us by uh, going and supporting us five dollars a month or more. And these people are the people who actually help uh, us pay for internet, help us pay for all the programs that we're using, help us pay for the equipment that we're using. And hopefully, if we get a little bump this uh, this month, then we'll try to get uh, Rob a new board. And uh, hopefully all these problems will be fixed. It sounds like you're still on. The, say something real quick, Rob. Testing. Yeah, you're still on, you're you're still on your camera, Mike. Yeah, I did that on purpose. I was gonna wait and then like that. Now there you go. Good, good, good. Okay, um, let's move on. And yeah, uh, we will say some more thank yous here in a little bit. Um, but for now, let's move on. This is. I mean, this could be a really long one. Should we do our main topic first and then move to CJ's yeah, question? Go, let's go to our main question, main topic, because we usually let's try just for, to shift things up. Okay, let's do it. Um, so the main question, or the main, and this actually, so Rob, Rob texts me and he says, um, um, he says, look, there's, uh, let's do a top ten Hebrew roots slash messianic conspiracies. One of the top ten Hebrew roots messianic conspiracies. Now I email or I I texted him back and I said uh, uh, we already did that show, right? We did that. I don't I I don't remember what show it was, but it was uh, it was probably fifty shows ago or so, and it was the top ten biggest distractions of the Hebrew roots slash messianic movements. And he wrote back and said, oh, "Okay, fine." Now I think since that time, I don't think that we actually went in order. They weren't in order. They were just top ten of you know ten distractions. And so I thought, okay, this isn't a bad idea. We can go back and and um, you know and and visit these things again. But let's be a little bit more specific. What do we think are the actual top three? Let's go with the top three messianic conspiracies. Now, and when I say messianic, I'm also lumping in Hebrew roots. Now, what do we mean by conspiracy? This is a great question. Somebody brought this up on the Facebook page. Conspiracy can mean. Um, 
<laughs> Andrew. Andrew in the chat room. Good one. He says, flat earth, paleo, Hebrew, raw diet. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, basically. Uh, Is there a paleo Hebrew diet? There should be. There's a paleo diet. Go, go chat room. You still sound like you're eating. Uh, you st- still sound like you're eating Rice Krispies. Um, okay, uh, so basically, what's a conspiracy? Conspiracy can be just about anything that uh, that people try to pawn off as true or not true. That is otherwise true or untrue. That's how I'm classing conspiracy. Now, it could also be distractions. We'll see what Rob came up with. And uh, I know that he, 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 Rob, Rob turned into the guy who's, uh, oh, my dog ate my homework um, this morning. Uh, he was like, oh, I didn't write down my three. I, I worked on this like a lot yesterday, so I feel slighted. Okay, um, let's start with number three. Now, the, mine are in order, and they're in order for a very, very specific reason. Would you like me to go first with number three, or would you like to go yeah, first, you go with, first three? with three? Go first with three. Okay. My number three conspiracy is the deity of Yeshua. That is the idea that Yeshua is not Yodhe I think that is the third largest conspiracy. And it's becoming a bigger and bigger uh, problem in the Hebrew Roots Messianic movement. Christianity doesn't seem to be... I mean, sure, there is Unitarianism. And this is the exact same thing. Um, as you know, the debate that's going on in the Hebrew roots of Messianic, but it doesn't really seem to be gaining a whole lot of traction in the Christian realm, right? I mean, you have Mormonism, Mormons. Uh, you have the Mormon Mormonism, and they they have a whole different view and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I think that's number three, and I think it's number three for a very specific reason because number two and number one. But number three is deity of Messiah, and I think that this is starting to seep in. All over the place, and this could, you know, on our on our Facebook page, a lot of people uh, put. Uh, were, well, I shouldn't say a lot of people. One person put Trinity, the tr- denial of the Trinity, and I think that this could be classed in the same way. Uh, de- denying the deity of the Messiah, slash, denying the Trinity. Thoughts? I'm gonna flip back. Hopefully, that'll be clean audio for a while. Um, yeah, I think that's a good one. I think I, I was thinking about this. I didn't write down notes, but I, we get to the edge of where people think about reason. They say, okay, I want to have reason. And then they think I want to, I need to have faith. So there's a realm of faith and there's a realm of reason. And so people will say, oh, it's, it, um, it's illogical. It's illogical to say that Yeshua is deity. Right. And therefore, um, you know, it doesn't make sense. It seems to be against the Shema, right? You'll see that sort of thing. Right. So a, a kind of a reasoned argumentation that then uh, intersects with the faith claim. Um, and, and then you'd have the scriptures. Each side can have scriptures to support. Like someone could cite the Shema and say, oh, see, he's one. Yeshua can't be part of that. Um, and then you'll have people cite scriptures that says Yeshua is, is Elohim or he is the word made flesh and they'll use those scriptures to support. Well, I'm on the side that Yeshua is, uh, absolutely hundred percent man and a hundred percent God. Right. Um, and I think when it comes to atonement, 
you know, and uh, understanding the nature of our redemption from sin. There, you know, and and in addition to all the the scriptures, you know, that why is at the end of Matthew twenty eight have Yeshua instructing his disciples to baptize people in the name of the Father and the Son and the, the Ruach HaKodesh. Right. So there is, uh, you know, we're from the beginning, we're given that map. You know, this is your map. This is, this is the way to, to understand this. And uh, anyway. Um, I think that, uh, you know, people may be surprised by the fact that I put this as number three. This is actually methodical. Deity was number one on my list. And the more I kept looking at it, and the more I kept uh, pondering what are the biggest conspiracies, I realized that this view actually comes from two other things. So what, what's number three for you? My number three would be, well, it's, it's kind you're, of a You're on blend. the wrong board. Kind of a blend. It's between, I, I don't need to tell you who did the scholarship. In other words, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, try to sell you a, a package of scholarship without putting the author's name on it. Oh. And under the idea that that is somehow better, best for the body of Messiah. That somehow the body of Messiah benefits from getting teachings without a person that is actually accountable, you know, to, right. to that teaching. Um, and the side of that, uh, uh, the side of that is that I don't really need to have real teachers. Right. So, uh, from this, it's like, Oh, you know, I just got, so this hang on, just like that. That's not one. No, but it's, there are two sides of the same coin. The idea is that from the student perspective, Oh, I'm just learning. I don't know who I'm learning from, but it's just content and I'm learning. So I don't really doesn't don't matter who my teachers are, and from the uh, from the teacher's perspective, it's oh I'm just going to put stuff out there, but I'm not going to put my name on it, because see uh, I think I, I think that that uh, yeah we've seen this we've seen this in uh, we've seen this recently, you know a, a lot of the whole we're not going to I'm not going to put my name on this or, um, you know or a translation and you don't uh, right it's like who did the translation well so we we actually you know. see this we see this a lot on on websites right. And this is a t like just a tell. It is a tell in my book. You go onto a website, a ministry's website, right? What's the first thing? This is, maybe this is a good question to ask people. What's the first thing you look for when you go to a ministry's website? I go to who is the teacher? Who is it? who is it? <laughs> the first thing I go to is about us or about, about me, and I look at who is teaching, who's on staff, and what their background is. Exactly. And then, and then what their, and then what their statement of faith is. If I can't find that in like gone. just a minute, I'm gone. Gone. Yeah. And, and, and I think that, I think there's two sides to this coin of, of not wanting to put your name on anything. First of all, it's, I'm not trained well enough and I don't know, I'm not going to stand by what I've said. I don't want to get blasted for, you know, for what I've said. I think that's, I think that's probably one of them. And then the other one is. I've heard this, uh, you know, the teaching is more important than the people, which really is just hide, a, a way to hide from being challenged. I'm sorry, it is. 
to say, oh, well, you know, the teaching is more important than the person. No, you, you know, if you're going to stand by the truth, stand by the truth. You didn't have the reformers sitting out there going, I'm going to write a Bible, but I'm not going to put my name on it because I might get burned at the stake. These people got burned at the stake. And yet, you know, people today, they want to hide behind their keyboards. It's really frustrating. If you, in, th This is my personal opinion, and I'm not trying to, you know, people are going to disagree with me on this one. But if you go to a website and you can't figure out who is teaching that on that website, what their name is, what their background is, leave. Just leave. There's, a, there's no reason to, uh, to uh, stay on a place where, you, where people don't put their name on the work that they do. Especially I, if they're asking for money. Right. Um, if someone, it just seems like, oh, it's this kind of ministry or something, and there, there's a, there's a donate here button, but you can't find out who it is. Right. That's, you know, that's difficult for me to uh, understand why how that would be. Well, and not only that, in my opinion, I mean personally, I, I completely and fully admit that I have learned a lot in the past, what, how many years have we been doing this show? 2014? Since 2004 years, that's right, four years. In the four and a half years that we've been doing this show, I have really learned a lot and I have changed my views on certain things. Um, I've questioned some major doctrines and I've had to be corrected um, several times just on the content of this show. Um, but the thing is, is that if I wouldn't have put my name on it, if no one knew who was talking here, I mean, why would you listen to that? If even if you're going to be wrong at some point, stand by what you believe. Well, here's here's a flip side of this. I know we're dwelling on number three here for me, but on Facebook, I'll get a bunch of like friend requests, and I'll go and look at these websites, right? And I get, or these Facebook, and I'm like, this is not a real person. This is absolutely not a real person. It's like someone. It's like someone's manufacturing Facebook identities and then they go in and they post comments. And right. it's like, this is the same thing. It's, that's another, it's like I can go and post an opinion, but it's a code word. It's not really me. So you we can, have this yeah. sep separation between, it's like what I think we need to encourage is ownership, personal ownership. Yeshua said to him who has more will be given to him who has not even what he thinks he has will be taken away. We need to take that seriously. You need to know what you own. When it comes to what you believe, what your convictions are, your skills that God's given you, the the competencies that you develop as you pursue excellence in a in a field, ownership, you know. I mean, the worst thing is, let's say you buy an appliance or something, you know, and you something goes wrong with the appliance, and you call, and you're just never ending on hold listening to elevator music, and you can never find anybody to help you with your with your appliance because there's no what are you going to do that's really frustrating but what if that what if you can call the person directly who built your appliance or who, and, and say hey something's wrong and they can help you with it right i mean that's that's what we're talking about here we're Gar talking about real ownership gary says and this is a great comment isn't this problem really what fuels social media in general being able to say uh say things anonymously and then Andrew says, Gary, well, it's, it also helps actual friends connect, but no, nobody has 100 friends. And Gary responds, social media is not the religion of the Messianic kingdom. Boy, isn't that the truth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're still on your other board. 
Okay. Uh, let's move on to number... Uh, hang on just a sec. Oh, wrong computer. <laughs> I, this is one of the most difficult things about producing this show, is to remember that I'm actually using two separate computers. I have two mouses, two keyboards, and three screens. Okay. Uh, number two. For me. Now, this now, the reason that number three is Deity of Yeshua is because it comes out of number two. Okay. So there's a logic to your... Right. Number like two... Russian Russian dolls or whatever. Right. Number two is degradation of the scriptures. In other words, now I had this I had this debate just at the on Sunday at the wedding. Is the apostolic scriptures less valuable than the Torah? The person that I was talking to said yes. The apostolic scriptures cannot inform the Torah, only the Torah can inform the apostolic scriptures. And this person said the the Torah cannot inform the Tanakh. Or the, I'm sorry, vice versa. The the Tanakh, the rest of the Tanakh cannot inform the Torah. Only the Torah can inform the rest of the Tanakh. So I said, so then the so then the Torah is more important than the rest of the scriptures. He said yes. Sixty six books of scripture. As soon as you give up on the foundation, guess what? It's it all starts to crumble. If, I, if I'm willing to say that the Torah is more important than the apostolic scriptures, that's the New Testament for people who are not aware of the terminology that I use. Um, so if, if I say that the Torah is more important than the New Testament, then what I've done is said that, that the New Testament is not as divinely inspired. It, God might have had something to do with it, but it's not. it could be wrong compared to the Torah. Now, Let me, can, can I ask a set one there? Yeah, of course. Let's just let's let's take the apostolic writings out for a second. Let's just look at Tanakh. So the same person would say, if all you were looking at is Tanakh, your Ta is better than your Nakh, right? <laughs> your, your your Torah is more important. To, okay, I understand why they're probably saying that. From I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, or him or her. That the Torah is foundational, the five books of Moses is foundational, and you can't take the foundation out of a house, right. otherwise it'll collapse. Maybe he, maybe that's the thought process. I wasn't part of that conversation. But look at it this way. Jeremiah said, hey, you guys have the written Torah, but you broke it, and all it's doing is testifying to your sin and, and, your, and your death penalty. Right. That, so... Sure, they or Isaiah, they had the written Torah. Habakkuk, read Habakkuk. They had the Torah, but the all the courts were 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 corrupt. Right. So. So yeah, okay, sure, you can have the written Torah. No, the written Torah, we need. Well, ultimately, we need we need not only all the the whole Bible, but we need the the Ruach Hakodesh, to be guiding our hearts to truth because. Look at all the there's the fragmentation in the Jewish world throughout history, fragmentation in the Christian world, and uh, disputes about what this passage means or doesn't mean. Okay, well, we there's a the crisis has to do with human fallibility and depravity, right? Um, and so yes, the Torah is perfect. No one's no one's going to argue that I think in the, in our network here, but. Um, are we understanding the scriptures from a, a regenerated heart? Well, here, here's the other issue. Let's pretend for a few seconds that this claim is true. That the apostolic scriptures of the New Testament is not on the same level 
It might have some divine sanction, but for the most part, the Torah is what is is the the biggest measuring stick. And if if uh, and the, meaning that the apostolic scriptures, the New Testament, can be wrong. Let's pretend that that's the the thought pattern here, and that it's correct. Okay, there are people out there who say, well, you know, the uh, the the rabbinic literature, the Mishnah, the Talmud, these are divinely sanctioned. They can have some problems. They're not right on everything, but but God used these things to further his 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 will and his good. Okay, so now basically what we've done is we've put the rabbinic writings, the rabbinical writings on par with because we've lowered the New Testament and brought it down in in right standing. Now all of a sudden, it's on par with the, with the rabbinic writings. And now, if the if the New Testament or or the or the uh, the you know the rest of the Tanakh can be wrong, now if I don't like something, well, yeah, but it does. You know, this kind of contradicts the Torah, so um, it, this can't be right. Now, all of a sudden, we're able to pick and choose of what we like and what we don't like, and what ends up happening is that interpretation, personal interpretation of the Torah, becomes the measuring stick. Well, In- and then we have people publishing Bibles like you know, believers in Yeshua, disciples of Yeshua publishing and selling Bibles that have either taken books out or added new, new books. Right. And, um, so a rigorous notion of Canon and divine providence in the establishment of the Canon is, is, uh, something we need to take seriously. It is. It is my personal opinion that if you start to, give a degradation to the to the new testament or to the to the bible in general let's put it the other way if you hold a high view of scripture and you believe and rest on the 66 books of the bible and every word therein you cannot deny the deity of the messiah you can try and people do all the time but if you're honest with the language and what's going on you there's you can't deny the deity of the messiah now, once again, I know that people are going to, oh, no, I, I, you know, that's totally wrong. Just read what Deuteronomy 6.4 says, you know. Yes, I believe in one God. Okay, but if we take scriptures as a whole, if or, we're going to rest... read what the Jehovah's Witnesses say. Right, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, it, you know, if we're going to take... Scri- tr- at least they're trying to anchor it on the Greek, right? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, not that I give credence to that opinion, but... You know, it it represents like 19th century Greek scholarship, right? It's over a hundred year old scholarship, and there were no Daniel Wallace's or you know right. other guys around. Or well, they were around, but now it's the idea is dwindling. I think. I a, a footnote on a footnote. Someone said that Mormonism is shrinking uh, pretty rapidly. Greatest shrinking. I wonder how the JWs are in numbers if they're shrinking too. In the world of internet, yeah, the Mormons but, are the Mormons. They're shrinking fast. The guys on bikes, they're all going. They're can, all going to their planets. Can I? Can I? Can I tell you a, an idea that I had for a movie? This is a total. This is totally a rabbit trail. Like a rabbit trail has never been seen. You ready for this? My wife and I are sitting around. We're drinking some Moscow mules, having a good night. Kids are in bed. We're discussing. We're discussing how Mormons, Mormon missionaries could be cooler. And the idea was 
maybe if they rode motorcycles instead of bicycles, <laughs> you know, Leather they got truck. Harleys and whatnot. And then I was like, what if there was a movie about some Mormons who get into the into the missionary, you know, get into their missionary assignment and decide that they don't like the traditional missionary work, you know, uh, MO. And so instead they make a, 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 a Mormon bicycle, like bikers gang, and they go and beat up the JWs that are on their turf. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why I thought that was so funny. Somebody in the uh, chat room, go, uh, make a, make a movie script. Okay. Uh, what's your number two? There, Rob. Um, let's see. I was getting my audio. Hopefully, that's okay. Uh, number two is the idea that the the Jewish scribes of the Middle Ages held to some policy of keeping the true value, the true vowels of the tetragrammaton secret. Like they they know. Okay, it's really Shiva Holom Kamat. Like this is what they're in. They're they're meeting like in closed quarters, right? And they're like, okay, we all know that it's Shiva Holom Kamats, like Yehovah, right? Or whatever. But, but okay, now page one of our manual, don't ever tell anybody. <laughs> right. Don't ever <laughs> write it. And then, but then somehow it slipped. Like there's a couple scribes that didn't have oversight. They accidentally let it slip through. And we have these places. And so, you know, Jehovah and Yehovah actually is the, the real one. But it doesn't have to be uh, the Jehovah, Yehovah group. It could groups. It could be the Yahoo, the Yahuwah group or one, any of these others where there's an idea that it was withheld. And then and somehow knowing it is somehow power. And if you're not using it, if you're not saying it correctly, you're actually blaspheming God. So all the different things uh, that s kind of tie into that one way or another. Yeah. But do you think that that's right? So um, how does that affect? How do you how do you think that affects the body of Messiah? Now, I, I, I'm with you. I think that this is a uh, but for our listeners, um, I think that this is a uh, of. Big distraction. It's a big distraction. It's, wrong, it's teaching people, especially newbies, the wrong priorities. It's getting people wrapped up into priorities that are not really where the, that's really not where the battle is. And we're also but, but, at the but, same but, time, okay. we're, permitting, we're permitting people who are not even believers to come and and shear the sheep so to speak you know don't you think that this ultimately what this does it kind of is is uh in tune with what what i'm saying number two is in that i think that it, it uh makes people begin to doubt their scriptures you know what i mean like oh well that's you know we can't really trust that we have to you know so it's really kind of tearing down the the scriptures as a whole you know i think there's another one that could do this and this maybe this is honorable mention uh on on the list but it's not on my list but maybe it's honorable mention because i think it kind of goes in in tune with this and we saw a lot of this on the facebook post that we had um and that is the idea that uh, the original apostolic scriptures were written in in hebrew or aramaic all right 
Because what this does is it gives doubt now. Oh, no, I can't trust my scriptures. I can't, you know, I no. that's this was written. You know, these manuscripts were written in Greek, but it was originally written in Hebrew or Aramaic. So it probably would have said, which means that this translation isn't right. I can manipulate, you know, the text even more. It's manipulation of text, isn't it? Okay, before we go on to the number one uh, conspiracy in the Hebrew roots and messianic movement, I want to say that uh, Messiah Matters, this show is also brought to you by TorahResource.com. We've talked about Torah Resource already in this show, and Torah Resource is a wonderful place to find all sorts of different kinds of things. I'm going to give everyone out there a little bit of an insight into something that's coming uh, in July. In July, we're going to run a promotion, and this is something that we don't even sell by itself on the site. We're going to run a promotion. You can, starting in July, you can donate any amount. Donate a dollar. Donate any amount to TorahResource.com, and uh, you have to get a specific link. It'll be on our homepage, but um, you donate a sp- any amount, and you can receive all 83 MP3s of my father's lectures on the book of Hebrews. That's right. Tim Hag's lectures on the book of Hebrews, 83 of them. They're all about an hour to an hour and a half in length. Um, donate any amount, and you get all 83 of them as a gift to you. Um, it's it's a huge promotion. We've never done anything like it. And you can't buy the 83 audio lectures by themselves on TorahResource.com. No, instead, if you want those 83 lectures, you have to buy the actual written commentaries with them. And so uh, we thought, hey, you know what? Let's give people the opportunity to get all 83. Um, and so uh, you'll be looking for that promotion. It'll be on TorahResource.com starting in July. And a uh, big thank you to everybody who, uh, who donates. Okay. Um, with that said, let's Drum roll, please. Number one. Now, I went in order, and the reason I went in order is because my number three was the deity of the Messiah, which came, I believe, from a degradation of the scriptures. Maybe I'm saying that. My wife says that on this show, I uh, I say words wrong all the time and or I make up words that aren't really true. So um, maybe maybe that's one of them. Anyway. It's like me saying measures instead of measures. Yes, exactly. Ma- measures. Yes. Yeah. Or, or the people on the east coast of Canada saying Suri. Anyway, um, so uh, Didi of Yeshua comes okay. from, you know, not, not resting uh, on the foundation of 66 uh, uh, books. And that comes from number one. And number one is teachers convince people that education doesn't matter. And we've seen this. I've seen, look. I have friends who do this. If I get on the internet, if I read a book or two on the subject, I'm educating myself. And now I'm an authority, you know, now I can, in a place of authority, to be able to speak to. Now, I'm not saying that somebody has to go to university or somebody has to go to seminary. That's not what I'm saying. But sitting under uh, various teachers uh, who are trained in certain uh, biblical truths um, and have a solid foundation in their understanding, uh, who have taken the time to learn, who have taken the time to study, who have some formal training in, um, you know, things biblical. Look, I've never gone to university. I've never gone to seminary, but I've spent the past seven years learning under Rob and learning under my father, Tim Hag, learning under Gary Springer, learning under Ariel Berkowitz, and uh, it's invaluable. I'm telling you, 
it's it's changed my life and my house my outlook on the scriptures and now when uh you know in things like small you know we i run a i'm uh part of a team that runs a small group here in tacoma and i gotta say uh every single small group i wonder if this is going to be the week when they're going to realize i don't know what in the world i'm talking about but then when we're talking it makes me realize people are asking questions that i learned in year one uh you know in my dad's class on how we got our bible or somebody will ask something about the hebrew or the greek and i can you know i actually know something about it it's not i'm not just i'm not just going to to uh strong's numbers and looking something up no i actually have an idea a grasp of what is going on somebody will ask something about church history and uh, and I'm not trying to puff myself up here because my education is far less than I'm sure many, many people out there. But what I do see happening is you have teachers who, who sit down, they'll read a book or they'll, they'll ask some questions in a forum or they'll watch a, an hour-long documentary or a video on YouTube. And now all of a sudden they think that they have a, uh, a great knowledge of something. And what this leads to is questions about the, the Bible. People denying full books of the Bible like Hebrews or people rejecting certain verses because they can't reconcile them like John 6, what is it, 6, 3, 6, 8. Um, or, you know, people will say, well, uh, you know, I can't reconcile Paul with the apostolic scriptures. So, and we've seen this with teachers, right? They end up denying the deity of the Messiah. They end up denying the Messiah in general, um, you know, becoming anti-missionaries. Uh, and what this does is this chips away at the 66 books of the Bible. Oh, the New Testament, it doesn't matter. This is late. It's, it's Greek. It's, it comes from Rome. It's uh, invention of the Catholic Church. The Vatican is hiding the real manuscripts. We don't, you know, I mean, uh, choose the flavor of conspiracy that you want to throw on to this belief. Um, and this is what comes. So basically I see this as a trickle down effect. Teachers think that education isn't important or, and, or convince other people that them not being educated doesn't matter, which then trickles down to, you know, making it so that the foundation of our faith, that is the 66 books of, of scripture are not really the foundation. Maybe the five books are, maybe the Tanakh is, but we're going to waver on some of this, which then in turn brings down the deity of the Messiah because they can't reconcile things. And then you have deity of the Messiah that is gone, done away with. And now what are you left with? You're left with nothing. You're left with a, you know, a created Messiah who, uh, you know, who's revealed in scriptures that are not good enough for us to take a scripture, who are taught by uh, teachers who don't know what in the world right. they're talking about. That's my that's my three. I think I think my top one it fits right with yours, Caleb. It's and I don't know if it's 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 uh, the subtle implication. It's not necessarily the conspiracy, but it's the subtle implication that I see is despising wisdom. It's contempt for biblical wisdom. And I'll just quote two verses. I know Gary uh, Springer and I love to meditate on the Proverbs and in, in our Mishle series, uh, you know, we're continuing with. But uh, Proverbs 16, or what, well, Proverbs 1-7 here. Let me just re, uh, find it here. I just had it. Proverbs 1-7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Right. And it's chokhmah umusar. So 
if those are real terms, if wisdom and discipline, which is chokmah, that's the word for wisdom, and musar, that means correction. Musar, you don't, if you've never been corrected and accepted correction, say, okay, you're right. I know I don't like being told that I was wrong. I don't like saying I was wrong, but I was wrong and I want to do it right. If you've never experienced that, then you don't know what Musar is. Right. And which means you're probably foolish. Oh, you just started buzzing. <laughs> Click over real quick and keep going. Okay. If you've never been corrected, if you've never accepted correction humbly and changed your ways, if you, can look, if you can't look back on your life and see that in your life, then you do not know what Musar is. And which means you don't know what wisdom is. And that's, that might sound harsh. This is just what the scriptures are saying. The other is uh, Proverbs. I mean, they go all through the scriptures. But Proverbs, uh, one I like here, Proverbs 16, 16. How much better it is to get wisdom than gold? How much better it is to get wisdom than gold? Well, what do you have to do to get gold in this world? It, legitimately. You're not going to steal it. Right? You have to work, you have to labor, right, to get something that's valuable in this world. Or, you know, you might be Bill Gates' kid or something, or something you know, you might get inherited. But the idea is labor is involved. That's how we get discernment. That's how we gain wisdom is by, by uh, accepting correction, by hearing from those who have gone before us, not by separating ourselves out and, and setting ourselves up as if we're a teacher. Because the side point of this is, you know, there's pe teachers out there that I've seen them. They're out making claims, they're on YouTube, and the audience doesn't know any better whether or not to accept or, or not accept what the person's teaching. Right. In other words, the, the audience is unequipped to, to give correction. And so back to, this take us back to number three. It's okay to ask who a person's teachers were. So let's say you see someone, you know, and they are putting their name out there. Oh, this is my, my opinion. It's okay to ask them, well, who, who did you learn from? Who were your teachers? Right. And I'm happy when someone asks me uh, what, who my teachers were. I'll, 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 it'll unpack into, well, let's talk about a specific field of study and I'll tell you who my favorite, because I've had teachers uh, in, a, in a very broad sense and I could talk hours and hours and hours about what I've learned and, and my excitement. If you ask somebody who their teachers were and they close up and they say you're challenging their God-ordained authority, flag. We used to have a thing, the seven flags, or, you know, the flags of bad scholarship a couple of years ago. Maybe we should dig that out. Anyway, so I think my t number one uh, kind of gels with yours a little bit. Absolutely. Um, we have a very interesting um, conversation that's kind of being going on, kind of, uh, within the chat room. And I'm actually trying to look for something in... Um, in our articles archive because I actually wrote on this and it's um, here. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Cause I do want the, uh, so do you have an honorable mention while I'm looking for this, Rob? Is there honorable? Uh, well, I would just say the honorable mention is, is not really, it's what do we do about it? And what we need to learn is we need to, what they say, you know, 
trust but verify. That's the way, you know. So if someone said, tells you something and it seems legit, say, okay, you know, I'll hold space. I'll entertain that thought. But verify it. And you don't verify it by going to the same witness. Right? I don't, <laughs> I don't verify. I mean, think about the, just how a matter is established according to the Torah. You have to have multiple witnesses. And the witnesses need to be legitimate witnesses. Like there was this one, the one person who teaches Yehovah, who's not a believer in Yeshua, but goes around teaching it, uh, sent out a newsletter that says, oh, you know, we found this Vatican Hebrew gospel that has the vocalization Yehovah. This is another proof. He used the word proof right. that, the, that the divine name is Yehovah. And I, there's such an idiotic claim. Let's say, I wrote a, let's, say, here, let's say I wrote a manuscript in Hebrew today. Let's say I wrote a gospel in Hebrew, and then every time I put yod heh I put Shavah Cholam Kamatz. So it said Yehovah. And let's say if the Lord tarries 200 years from now, someone finds my manuscript. Right. They would go, oh, here's more evidence. <laughs> here's evidence. We have more evidence that it's Yehovah. Someone 200 years ago wrote this, and it was Yehovah then, and it's still... No, that's not scholarship. That is, that is silliness. Here's another thing. Oh, I, I'm going to stop there. But back to the investigate. We want to be good oh, investigators. Man, we don't have we don't have we don't have the sound we don't have the soundboard anymore. So you can't do a hop goes off right now. Want to be this week's tour portion in the three year cycle is tzedek tzedek Tordorf, right? Right, uh, uh, tzedek you shall pursue. What does that mean? If tzedek is a kingdom value it's a value that is precious in god's eyes and we are to pursue it why do we pursue it because it doesn't come to you on a billboard in this world what comes to you easily and free and on youtube on and on a billboard are not our advertisements right things to pull your attention away to a to seek God's kingdom first and his righteousness and his value system, it takes everything you got. You got to sell everything you have and buy that field. That's why it says, you know, that wisdom is more precious than gold. Because once you have it, you don't want to lose it and you want more. But it's, but it's proper wisdom, biblical wisdom, means you're growing in your relationship with the creator. Right. It doesn't mean it's sin. That's not a life of sin. That's a life of righteousness and holiness and purity and love, et cetera, et cetera. So getting clarity in like, what does it mean to search a matter out? What does it mean to investigate multiple independent witnesses to establish a matter? These are basics of Torah that would help us weed out a lot of this noise. That's, that's kind of what I, I suggest as our, in terms of discipleship and, and maturing as fruitful, uh, you know, brothers and sisters in Messiah. That You're back to Rice Krispies. You're back to Rice Krispies. Sorry, man. That's that's all it is. It's just uh, what is the the antidote here is to to grow in what it means to investigate a matter out, to understand what the nature of different witnesses are, and also don't don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. That, that's for all of us. So I just realized that uh, in my searching, because uh, Dale was making some in the chat room. Uh, uh, Dale was making some um, some comments about uh, the the name, and actually, um, he used some language that I that I'm I wouldn't say fam well somewhat familiar with, and uh, it reminded me instantly of a uh, of a 
article that I wrote several years ago, and I looked for it on Torah Resource in the articles archive, and it's not actually there. So that means that after this show, I will go and find the original and try to get it posted up in the articles. It's called The Theological Trump Card. And um, Dale, if you're still in the chat room, I would encourage you maybe by... It's it's 1032 where I'm at. I'm on um, the West Coast in Washington State. Um, So I don't know what time code you're in, but I should have it up probably by 1 o'clock today um, in our... uh, in our article section on TorahResource.com. You can find that by going to TorahResource.com, hover over uh, library, and then go down to articles, and they're in alphabetical order. Okay. Um, so next week, we are not going to have a regular show um, because it is the 4th of July. And so we are going to take a week off of, um, of Messiah Matters. However... I want to make this clear for those uh, for those who are uh, supporters, uh, who uh, are you know, and if you are a supporter of Messiah Matters, um, or if you are, here's the other thing: if you are a uh, re, if you have a recurring donation at TorahResource.com and you're not you don't have access to Messiah Matters more, then email me. I'll get you on that list right away. Um, Rob and I will do at least a mini show. Uh, maybe we'll actually touch on is it kosher. Um, and we can share a part of that, uh, on the regular YouTube, but, uh, it'll be in our Messiah matters more. So there will be something for our listeners, uh, our supporters in the Messiah matters more next week. And, uh, we took last week off of posting something. I don't know if we're going to post something this week in Messiah matters more, but we will certainly make up for whatever we've missed next week, uh, in Messiah matters more. Uh, so be looking for that. A big thank you to all of our supporters. And it looks like, uh, I'm sorry, Andrew says, where is that? Um, so that is in, if you go to torresource.com and go to the Messiah Matters page, which can be found by going, hovering over Torah Resource, then go down to Messiah Matters, uh, and click on that over in the right hand sidebar, there's something that says become a supporter. And right under there, there is an orange or a yellowish orange ish button that says, uh, uh, supporters area. I think it says something to that effect. Click on that. And as long as you're logged in, you will be able to go right into that area. We have, um, articles that are not published yet. We have, um, videos that are, uh, that are exclusive that don't get posted anywhere else, uh, in that section. And it's all for our supporters and the people who support Messiah matters because it's, it's our way of saying thank you. Um, and so, yeah, um, check it out. Okay. Um, we have saved probably one of the longer d- discussions we are going to have today. Maybe that'll be our discussion. Um, and uh, anyway, yeah. So um, a big thank you to everybody out there. I hope that everybody has a great 4th of July, right? Good 4th of July. Don't blow anything up. And uh, we will <laughs> and we will, uh, we will miss everybody next week, but we'll come back the week after, which I believe will be the 14th. Uh, ready and waiting and hopefully and I believe actually praise the Lord already it looks like somebody has already uh, helped Rob get money for a new board so hopefully we'll come back and Rob will have everything all fixed up praise the Lord and we'll have everything all fixed up in our audio and our video and everything will be uh, perfect so uh, yeah all right final thought three in the three-year tour portion pursue righteousness right what does that mean and what does it mean to twist when when judgment is twisted, this is from from Deuteronomy 16. What is the what does it mean when justice is twisted? And if scholarship is not, is it possible for scholarship to be twisted? 
And is there a possibility for scholarship to be pursued in a just manner? Uh, that's what we're trying to apply here. Helen says, I miss you guys sending them via email. I think, oh, we never actually did that, Helen. I think that's actually, uh, we sent that to you because you asked a specific question that we answered in Messiah Matters More. We've never sent them to, by email, but we certainly could. We could send our supporters uh, new notifications if they wanted to be um, notified every time we posted a new Messiah Matters More. Um, that's something we'll think about. Maybe we'll have that worked out by next week. Um, because right now there's not, yeah, I think that'd be an easy fix. Okay. Um, please don't forget to send us emails, chagatorresource.com, chagatorresource.com. I'll even bring up the phone number right now. Um, 253-465-3205. We really rest our entire show on what you guys ask and the things that you say. And, uh, basically one criteria, and that is to make sure that whatever it is glorifies our great God and Savior, Yeshua the Messiah. Why? Because Messiah matters. 